0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org
2: today.
0: And now for something completely different.
1: Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Get Cocky Podcast, part of the Gamecock Central Podcast Network on another Football Friday, in which Carolina fans are feeling great about the Gamecocks' chances of winning tomorrow. And I think it's even safer to assume this week that Carolina is actually going to get the win than it was last week. But I'm sort of approaching this game in a similar way. In the same way that last week, I was confident that Carolina would win. And so I was looking at the margins more, you know, trying to figure out what we could glean from that game in terms of the big picture view of the season. Um, It turns out we ended up learning a lot more about that game than most people thought we would. But here we are in the midst of a soft reset one game into the season. And I'm kind of wondering the same thing that I was wondering last week and probably will every week this season. And that is just simply what can we learn about this team now? In some ways, these next two weeks will tell us the least about this Carolina team than just about any other game that they're going to play this season uh, with the worst and best teams respectively on the schedule uh, coming up back to back a lot of the changes being made to the offensive line and the quarterback position some changes we may see in the secondary rotation they're not really probably going to finish taking shape until that Missouri or Kentucky game and Carolina really gets into the season and don't have an uncharacteristically soft or uncharacteristically strong opponent to I guess sort of blur the margins there, and obviously the biggest story coming into the weekend, as I just mentioned, is the injury of Jake Bentley and the first look that we're going to get at highly touted freshman Ryan Holinsky. And Holinsky should put up stats, and Carolina should win the game comfortably. And I wanted to just come on here and say that we should, what we should be looking for, is not even necessarily the stat line, but just sort of the shape of the offense, variety, and sort of play calling, different looks to see if Carolina maybe tries to throw a little more. Uh, you know, intermediate stuff in the passing game, or tries to take a few more shots down the field. I know Will Muschamp said they took 17 shots, and it was just a matter of not connecting. If Carolina can get some of that a little bit more integrated into their offense, a little more smoothly connect on a couple of those. That would be terrific. But I think there's several mitigating circumstances in terms of looking at the game that way. Uh, Number 1, despite Dan Werner's praise of Ryan Helensky's ability to quickly grasp the offense, I think it's unrealistic to assume that he'll have 100% command of 100% of the offense. So we won't really know how stripped down the playbook is, and and probably not at least until next week against Alabama and uh, sort of because they have Alabama that next week that brings me to mitigating circumstance number 2 um, if introducing Helsinki and Joiner in an increased role is the game plan which it seems like it is carolina will be showing as almost as little as possible to keep it uh, you know most of the big wrinkles they want to bring off the tape for Alabama so i imagine they'll show just enough to give nick saban and his staff uh, that extra little thing to think about to prepare for and practice but uh you know mostly just keep it pretty pretty shaved down and pretty vanilla. And that leads me into point number three, which is that even though Carolina can't afford to take anybody for granted at this point, Charleston Southern may be the exception of that. This game is about the rest of the season, so I do expect to see a good bit of joiner at quarterback. I mean, Holinsky's going to start. I don't know exactly how much joiner we're going to get, but I would expect to see a, a good amount. Um, but I'm, I'm not even really sure how much we'll be able to learn about Helensky, not just because the level of competition, but because I think both of those guys are going to get an opportunity to command the offense. Now, with all that being said, I think the biggest thing at stake in this game is a chance to win back part of the fan base. As of Monday, if you just looked at social media, you'd expect that this game would be attended by 8,000 people. Uh, but with the announcement that Ryan Helensky was going to be taking over for an injured Jake Bentley, I think some percentage of the fan base bought back in, at least for Saturday. And I think that if Carolina really blows the doors off of Charleston Southern, it would get a good many people back on board. And not everyone, because obviously there's some people that have totally, officially, completely checked out for the season already, and and look, I have no disillusionment about what beating up on a bad FCS team actually means in the grand scheme of things, but again, the reaction post-North Carolina debacle was that this team was going to finish 3-9, and nine, and it would be a very depressing full circle to where Carolina was when Will Muschamp first arrived in Columbia. And what was the defining football memory of that season, that 2015 3-9 season? And I say football memory because obviously Steve Spurrier leaving in the middle of the thing was the real low light, but... It's Carolina losing to the Citadel. That's pretty much where Carolina fans' expectations are now, so it seems, or at least you know, that Monday after the North Carolina game, people have started to swing back towards the middle a little bit. But a big 63-6 to kind of win over Charleston Southern or something like that would at least indicate to fans that it's not going to be the 3-9 and season that was 2015. It may still end up being a three and nine season, um, but you'd at least just be normal bad in that scenario and not losing to an FCS school bad. But in my experience, living around here my entire life, I think that kind of convincing win, coupled with a nice debut stat line for Helensky, while you know maybe wouldn't tell us a whole lot about him, may tell us more about Charleston Southern than than anything. Uh, would would get fans. Back on board, just at least feeling and thinking sort of more positively about this football team. At least thinking that Carolina could win a couple conference games against Kentucky or Tennessee, whom Carolina fans should really thank for ensuring that the Cracks didn't suffer the worst upset of the SEC's opening weekend. Um, you know, throw Vanderbilt in there as well, and all in time to have that newfound optimism shattered the next week. But I guess I'll save that part of it for uh, for, for next week. All right, now it's time to get into some Mason-Dixon lines. We've got a fun weekend of college football coming up. Drew will be back in the flesh next week to do some updated national championship and Heisman futures after just a couple weeks of the season. But this week, here is the classic segment from my local show on 107.5 The Game. All right, time for some Mason-Dixon lines. Week two. Got a couple... Big marquee matchups for college football
2: week one. I won, by the way. Just week just one, everyone. All these pros, you know, these guys are always Ugh. studying. Only Drew of the Dixon, you're zero and one against me, buddy. Oh, yeah,
0: that's only because you cheated off my paper last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever,
1: buddy. Oh, uh, Drew and Eric both went four zero and one. I went two two and one. And I mean, bad break of the week with Auburn throwing that touchdown pass. to I knew cover that going to happen.
2: And so I have mine right here, Drew. They're already here, saved. So, Pearson can attest I, to the I can fact attest. that I'm not he's, copying he's got off his your picks. paper.
1: Um, but just to get things started this week, because this is something we started to try to do last week, we're going to give Eric 30 seconds to just gloat or talk about whatever he wants, some beer that he drank this weekend or his football <laughs> game or whatever tonight. So, here's a little, um, here's, here's, your, here's your platform.
2: Okay. I actually thought about this and wanted to say, welcome again to Columbia, Helensky family. And I know this is a really cool week for them. They've done a lot of really cool things with their charity and their foundation, Helensky's Hope. And I hope anybody listening out there, particularly USC students, realize uh, the situation the Helensky family's been in, if you ever find yourself struggling with anxiety or depression, uh, to look them up or look somebody up. But uh, I think it's a wonderful family. He's a wonderful young man. Welcome again to Columbia. That's what I want to say with my thirty seconds.
1: That's great. Way more wholesome and, and way more responsible than how I'm going to use my thirty seconds <laughs> after I wipe the floor with you all this week. But we're going to go ahead and get started. This is uh, one that Drew wanted to pick, so we're going to start with Ohio State as a fifteen-point favorite against Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, man. You know, look, I just love the the Ryan Day era starting off last week against the Fighting Lane Kiffins at the FAU. Buckeyes, they dropped a quick 28 points in the first quarter, but then they kind of put on the cruise control and they won that game comfortably. Look, just a fields looked like a comfortable field general last weekend, I got to say. This is going to be a, a stronger Bearcats defense, though, I, I must say than the, the, the DFAU. Bearcats last year allowed just 113 rushing yards a game. They averaged 3.38 yards per carry. That was 13th in the country. They held Chip Kelly and the Bruins to just over 200 total yards last week. That was a comfy cover. I like Cincy to cover again. Give me the points.
2: Not so fast, my friend. There we go. And we will disagree. Give me Ohio State. They cover with ease. They win by at least 20.
1: I like Ohio State as well. Cincinnati was neck and neck with an okay UCLA team last week. They scored They scored late in the fourth quarter to make it a 10-point margin. Um, the other thing I'm going with, I, I, I really like uh, what Justin Fields did. I think this is going to be a statement game for Ohio State. I'm not necessarily buying Justin Fields or Ohio State, but this is totally the kind of game that they're going to win by 35 points. People are going to go, ooh, wait a second, Ohio State, and then yeah, it'll all sort of be a moot point. Um, next game up. We got uh, Clemson as a 17-and-a-half-point favorite
0: at home against Texas A&M. Yeah, like Dabbo versus Jimbo. I know that means it's Bo time out here, that's for sure. <laughs> but, look, la- look, last year, Kelly probably had his best game of the year, arguably, 430 yards against Clemson. Couldn't quite pull out the dub against that mostly Clemson, or that mostly Kelly Bryant-led squad last year. But, look, there's certainly some confidence in Aggieland. You know, they're, they had their starting guard. Talk about how there will be an upset. Clemson lost six of seven starters from that front seven last year. Uh, look, I, I really love Jay Sean Corbin, the running back for A&M. Uh, I, I think the Aggies are going to keep it close again this year i like the aggies to cover
2: i, I agree too i think that the, the, the spread's just too large I, I do think clemson will win the game uh but texas a&m's got a, a really good quarterback that played well last week in kellen and uh, and i think they've got enough confidence to come in and keep this thing close i actually think clemson may be a little bit on edge about this game because honestly if they can win this game they're going to be you know Huge, fa- and they're they're huge favorites in this game, but they're going to be substantially bigger favorites in the rest of their games. So this one's really really big for Tiger Town. I know if I'm a Clemson fan, I'll, I'll take a W and get out of there. And so I think it's closer than people think.
1: Yeah, this is a huge line. I was really surprised, and there are a lot of different ways to to look at this. Like, well, Kellen Mond's coming back, and you know, a very similar Texas A&M team. You take away, uh, you know, Travion Williams, who was the top rusher in the SEC last year, but Texas A&M didn't run the ball particularly well in that Clemson game, and you say, well. You know, but Clemson adds, you know, Etienne getting more than eight carries and Trevor Lawrence having more than nine passing attempts. All of a sudden, that looks a lot better, but then you say on the other side of the ball, as you mentioned, Drew, Clemson losing all those starters in their front seven. All of a sudden, the game gets a little bit easier up front for Texas A&M. Not that Clemson's like a pushover or anything like that. I think if this were 10, I probably would have taken Clemson, but 17 and a half is way too much. I think Kellen Mond is I said this at the beginning of the season, I think he's going to emerge as one of the elite quarterbacks in the SEC. So, surprise, surprise, the station in Columbia that covers South Carolina, all three must pick Texas a and him to cover, but that line's just ridiculous. We're biased.
0: Yeah, it's a high line.
1: Next up, we got a home dog. Colorado's getting four points at home against the Nebraska Cornhuskers.
0: Yeah, first and foremost, don't make my mistake that I made earlier. Uh, Adrian Martinez, not related to Taylor Martinez, So they look <laughs> just about as explosive. I, I must say, at times, no. But look, you know, Scott Frost still looking for his first road win as a head coach. Still have not gotten that yet. And he'll be facing a Colorado squad led by Mel Tucker, the former defensive coordinator at UGA. He uh, got his first victory last week against Colorado State. The The Buffalo, they got a methodical, uh, not mistake-prone quarterback in Steven Montez to rely on. And they got a defense that has a sweep. And I'm talking great boxing robe that they use for uh, their turnover chain kind of mentality. They put the <laughs> boxing robe over and then they get to throw some jabs at a punching bag whenever they make turnovers. I, I'm looking for a lot of punches to be thrown this weekend. I like Colorado at home. They rattle Martinez and they, uh, they throw some points. Give me the points.
2: Oh, man. I think Nebraska's going to show up in those all whites. It's going to get kind of frosty there at Colorado and I think that Frost gets his first road win give me the Cornhuskers
1: I see what you did there okay so last week Nebraska played South Alabama they're the Jaguars They scored 35 points in that game, did Nebraska? Only two of them were offensive touchdowns. They had two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown. I don't know if that has you really encouraged for the defense and special teams, but against a team like South Alabama, I would like to see an offense score more than 14 points. So I'm going to go with Drew here, Colorado, plus four. I also just love a home dog. Next up, top game of the weekend, Texas, six and a half point underdog at home against LSU.
0: Yeah, game day is rolling into a charmingly weird Austin this week. And, <laughs> you know, Sam Ellinger says that Texas is back, and, and they sure looked at last week against a, a Lester, Louisiana Tech squad. However, I think kind of the weirdest thing, maybe, in in Austin this week is the fact that LSU has an offense I, they have a dominant spread looking offense last week Joe Burrow had five first half touchdowns you know Joe Brady's kind of brought some of that life from the Saints offense scheme I, look I I, I think that Longhorns are just all right all right all right I, give me the Baton Rouge Bengals I,
2: I can't disagree with you there Drew at all so I, I think that much like last year when West Virginia came into Austin and Tom Harmon left the stadium in tears, I'm hoping we see more Herman Tears again. So I'm, I'm going with LSU. We're
1: all going LSU. We're all buying Joe Burrow stock. He was someone that I was very bullish on last season, very bullish on going into this season. And we saw a lot of progression. Look, he should throw five touchdown passes in the opening week against an opponent of that caliber. But he did it. You know, there are a lot of guys that that wouldn't do that. You saw Tennessee, Jerry Garantano struggle. When you talk about sort of that middle class of SEC quarterback, Burrow seems like someone that has really separated himself. Um, and I, as much as I would love to go with Matthew McConaughey and Drew, uh, the All right, all right, all right. Reference. Uh, Very good. Also, for those of you that haven't heard, Matthew McConaughey is now teaching a class at Texas, which is really cool. He's probably. My favorite celebrity fan in college football. I had this conversation, I think, with Drew maybe uh, last week. He's, he's certainly on the short list, uh, well, but despite that, I have to go LSU. Yeah,
2: Monday he's going to be doing some grief counseling. Yeah. So. Oh, go man. Tigers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, LSU minus 6.5. All right, last game, we were thinking about picking uh, Stanford and Southern Cal, but after the news that uh, KJ Costello and JT Daniels are both going to be out for that game, we decided to move it to uh, Washington getting 13.5 points at home, or giving 13.5 points at home against Cal.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, I wanted to talk about how Jacob Eason looked great last week, dismantling the the red turf Eastern Washington squad. You know, he looks to thrive in this offense led by uh, Boise State former head Boise State head coach Chris Peterson. But now the NFL scouts are saying that Cal has maybe the number two safety prospect in the draft, and Ashley Davis, and they got a couple good cornerbacks. However, however. Look, Chase Garber's the quarterback from Cal. He barely beat out Brandon McIlwain, who's now focusing on baseball, and and, and just inconsistent with turnover-prone, playing in a hostile Husky stadium. I like Washington with Eason. Nice. Uh, Uh, There we
1: go.
2: Yeah, I'm with you then again, Drew. I think that both of our Georgia transfer quarterbacks are going to win big this week, so uh, Eason Eason lights it up. Let's go.
1: That was kind of my rationale, too. I was going with, with the ex-Georgia guys, Justin Fields and Jacob Eason, making all of college football go, oh, wait a second, you know, maybe From's these guys. really good. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah, it, it, highlight how good Fromm is, and then everyone will go, oh, well, you know, now these guys are for real. And then at some point later, they'll, uh, they'll come crashing down just a little bit. I can confirm, uh, Drew, I'm looking at all of uh, Eric's picks. He did pick them beforehand, um, so he didn't cheat like he did last week. Um, <laughs> uh, before we go, Drew, you got a lock of the week for us?
0: You might have seen this scroll across the ticker last Saturday, but did you see that Penn State scored 79 points last week against Idaho? Yeah, that's a lot and of a points. a huge blowout. And they're playing Buffalo this week. Buffalo's only returning three starters on defense. They lost their quarterback. They lost their top five receiving threats from last year. Look, I really like this Penn State backfield led by Ricky Slade. Look, minus 30 is a lot of points, but look, when you make 79 and it's almost a quiet 79, I think Penn State and the Nittany Lions want to make some more noise. Give me Penn State big this weekend.
1: Minus 30, that's not even as many points as Carolina is giving in some uh, books against Charleston Southern. A lot of places don't have it because I I guess the new starting quarterback, some places will just totally take the line off. But where you can get a line on Carolina, it's usually um, about 40. Drew, great stuff. Has always got any words of wisdom for us going into the
0: weekend? Wait,
1: yeah, do we have a tiebreaker? I I got Oh, shoot, yeah, I'm glad you reminded me. I have it written down right here. Okay, so we were going to do, because, you know, last week we did Carolina rushing yards. Figured this week it would be fun to do Ryan Helensky passing yards in his South Carolina debut. But then somebody texted me earlier in the show wanting to know what the projected attendance for tomorrow was. So that's going to be our real tiebreaker. (laughs) What is the announced, not real, what is the announced attendance of of the South Carolina-Charleston Southern game tomorrow?
0: Oh geez. Oh all right. Off the top of the head, I'm going with sixty six thousand.
1: Sixty six thousand. All right. That's that's a good high number. And now that's that's smart of you. Uh there was a good article in the state earlier this week about how exactly universities sort of come to these Come to these conclusions, and sometimes it's like, oh, it's it's really that many. So that's why we're going with the announced attendance because we won't ever know the actual attendance.
2: No, we won't. But it's going to be 96 degrees, so I'm going to go with
1: 62,500. 62. Okay, all right. Last week I rudely split the middle. Uh, I'm going to go lower though. I'm going to say announced attendance 57 894. Wait, 57 894. <laughs> 894. I got to write that write down, down so down I can never remember okay. that. Um, all right, Drew. Great stuff as always. Thanks so much. I will uh, see you tomorrow for the game, and uh, we'll we'll also both wear sunscreen and uh, and hydrate.
0: Yeah, stay hydrated, my friends.
1: Thanks again for listening to this episode of the get cocky podcast, a little bit of a shorter episode on this Friday, but I'm working to line up some other exciting things for future episodes. So next Friday, expecting we'll be going back in the huddle to get a little bit closer. Look at the Alabama game plan, South Carolina game plan. So you won't want to miss that and be sure to rate review, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends. If you like what we do and you want to hear more of it, that's the best way to support the podcast. Uh, but in the meantime, y'all enjoy the game, uh, hydrate, wear sunscreen, um, enjoy tailgating, enjoy what's going to be a really fun weekend of college And we will talk to you again on Monday. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?